your life, and it's ending one minute at a time. I was blind, but now I see. Working jobs we hate, so we can buy shit we don't need. Ideas are brittle. If you had one shot, everything I'd ever read, heard, seen was now organized and available. Now you fucking khakis. Life moves pretty fast. The Biohacking Secret Show. Yuri Elkham is a nutrition, fitness, and fat loss expert and the New York Times bestselling author of The All-Day Energy Diet and The All-Day Fat-Burning Diet. A former professional soccer player turned health crusader, he's now most famous for helping people who have tried everything to lose weight and get in shape with little success finally achieve breakthrough results. Yuri is on a mission to empower 10 million people to greater health by 2018 by making fit and healthy simple again. To learn more about Yuri and his mission, visit yurielcom.com. In this episode of the Biohacking Secrets Show podcast, Anthony and Yuri discuss why Yuri lost his hair at age 17 and why it was a warning sign for more serious health issues, the quote, secret plant pigment that accelerates fat loss and boosts energy, the amazing similarity between blood and chlorophyll, Yuri's top recommendations for anyone suffering from eczema, asthma, or hair loss, and the life-changing superfoods that helped Yuri to overcome autoimmune issues and feel better than ever sleeping just six hours a night. So without further ado, sit back, relax, and enjoy Anthony's conversation with Yuri Elkham. Hey everyone, I know you'll enjoy the interview. If you'd like to learn more of my top biohacking secrets, get a free copy of my best-selling book called The Biohacker's Guide to Upgraded Energy and Focus for free at biohackersguide.com. It's over 500 pages of my top biohacks and I'll send it to you for free if you cover a small shipping cost. Get your free copy at biohackersguide.com. All right, Yuri, I am so excited to talk. Welcome to the Biohacking Secrets Show. It's good to be here, my friends. Thanks for having me. <laughs> you, have a, you have a really interesting story and went through some autoimmune issues yourself. Can you share a little bit about that and what, what got you to where we are today? Uh, I can't share it because it's confidential information, but uh, I will anyways. No. Um, so I grew up with... Uh, being a very active kid, uh, I was very active playing soccer. That was my kind of actually very similar to you. Uh, my goal was to eventually play professionally. So I played a lot, trained a lot when I was in my teenage years. And I was really fit, but that masked a lot of health issues that I was dealing with. So I tell people that I was fit, but I wasn't healthy. So I had really bad eczema, like on my hands, like because I, I was a goalie. So I used to wear goalie gloves and my hands would be like, like it almost looked like reptilian like skin. It was pretty embarrassing. I had really bad asthma as well, and my energy was, like, terrible. So I had, you know, sleeping 12 to 14 hours a day. I uh, had digestive issues. As a teenager, I had no idea that, hey, maybe I should pay attention to some of this stuff. So I tell people now, uh, it only took me about a decade to figure this out, that all of these signs and symptoms were my body's way of saying, hey, dude, pay attention. Like, something's going on here. You need to kind of clue into it. And I didn't. So when I was 17... My body sent me a stronger message, which was, hey, uh, you don't really need all that nice hair you have, right? So in the space of six weeks, I lost all of my hair to an autoimmune condition called alopecia. So I lost everything. Like, and I had, Dude, I had more hair than you have. My dad is Moroccan, so I, <laughs> I had like a lot. Bushy eyebrows, long brown hair, and I lost all of it in six weeks. And that was a big wake-up call. So 
that really got me to pay attention to, okay, like how do I, what's going on? How do I fix this? And sadly, but not surprisingly, the medical doctors had no answers other than to inject my head with cortisone, which I said, no, thank you to. So that kind of led me down this path of, you know, just trying to figure out the stuff for myself. And it took me about eight years to figure out that what I was and wasn't eating was a big, big component to a lot of my health issues. And when I discovered that, I was like, wow. So I actually went back to school. I graduated with a degree in kinesiology, went back to school afterwards to study holistic nutrition. And that was when I had all these epiphanies, like, holy cow, my diet made a big, big impact on my health. So I cleaned things up, uh, got rid of the toxic wasteland that was inside my body, and everything changed. Like, it was crazy. Um, in the space of a couple of days, my energy went through the roof. Within a couple of weeks, my hair started to regrow. My asthma and eczema went away. And within the space of about a year, pretty much all my hair had regrown, uh, although I kept my head shaved because by that time, I was my claim to fame. And then um, I was just like, holy cow, man. Like, if, if I didn't know this stuff, and this is like the difference it's made, there's going to be millions, billions of people who need to know this. And so I started to really get pumped up and eager to want to share this with a lot of people. At the time, I was working as a trainer and nutritionist. And eventually ventured online to start sharing more of this content and information with more people. And then fast forward to about four years ago, went to the doctor, had a tetanus shot for whatever reason while I was there with my son and my hair fell out again in two weeks. So that's just, you know, as a little bit of an aside, but just in case anyone's wondering why I don't have any hair right now, that's why. But that's, that's kind of my journey. And that's, I'm on a mission to really help end suffering for a lot of people because I've gone through my own doubt of it and it sucks. And I don't like being, I don't like seeing people suffer with their weight, just like living a subpar life when they can make some simple changes to experience some big, big benefits, obviously with um, things like a lot of the stuff that you teach with you know, all the people that you serve. And it's, I think that's why a lot of us do what we do because we've gone through our own challenges and we want to help others not to go through those challenges. And that's why I do what I do. Love it. You're, when you, so you were experiencing eczema on your hands, right? So you, said, you mentioned like mm-hmm. reptilian skin, asthma, um, hair loss, being fit but not healthy. When, when you had these things going on, what was your mindset? Did, did you think that it was genetic? Did you think that it was outside of your control? Did you feel like there was something you were doing that was causing it? but identifying that was outside of your capability. Where was your mindset at at the time? To, to be very honest with you, I don't even remember what I was thinking. Cause I, like, I don't know if it was like, Hey, my hands have eczema bubbling up again. Am I deficient in cortisone cream? I never thought of, Hey, maybe what I ate yesterday exacerbated this. And I think part of the reason for that is because I was just very, unaware of the fact that growing up eating microwave dinners, fast food, processed food, mm. very few fruits and vegetables, I wasn't even aware that that was a good or bad thing. Like, I mean, I was eating cereal for breakfast. I'd have a bowl of shreddies or frosted flakes or Captain Crunch or Cinnamon Toast Crunch. In addition, I would throw on two tablespoons of sugar. And then I'd be like, why is my stomach hurting? <laughs> like, and I never kind of pieced the two together, you know? So I think, I'm not too sure if I was aware of like the cause and effect, but I was of the mindset that I'll figure this out. Like I I always believed, and even to this day, I think my mindset was, 
you know, no matter like this will get better. I'll figure out a way to make this work. And thankfully, I think I had my head on straight back in the day. I was, I was fairly mature for my age. So I didn't really freak out about this stuff. Like some people might, but yeah, I just, um, yeah, I, I don't think that I realized that I had control over this because I was so disconnected from my own body in terms of awareness. But I figured that you know, there was something in the back of my mind that said, you know what, I'll figure this out somewhere, somehow, eventually. So, yeah. Nice. Yeah, I mean, you telling, you talking about cereal for breakfast, it reminds me, like, I mean, in the late 90s, I, I can remember a specific time where we had our entire uh, high school soccer team over to our house because we had a big uh, super sectional game the next day. And mm-hmm. we... What did my parents get? Well, it was like a whole bunch of mastacholi, you know, pasta with melted cheese on top and like meatballs because we thought we had the carb load. Like that was where yep. our understanding of, uh, of food as it pertains to athletic performance was, you know. So you've got like Absolutely. kids that are just loading themselves up with with bread and cereal and pasta and all this stuff before big games. And it was like, Huh. It'd, be, it'd be hard to make a worse decision. Oh, I know. It's, it's so funny because I played on, a, on an Italian soccer team uh, for most of my teenage years, and I loved it. It was amazing. Great. Loved all my teammates. And their parents are amazing. So we go to this tournament in the States, the USA Cup, and all we take a bus down, and all the, like a lot of the parents would come with us, and the whole undercarriage of the bus was like these big vats for like pastas, and Italian sausages and stuff like that. Cause we never went out to eat. We just ate like the, the, the parents, all these Italians would be making these like huge vats of pasta. It was so awesome. But I remember we had this one trip to Italy where we ended up, so I was 17 at the time. So this is just after I'd lost my hair. And we were in Italy playing against a lot of the, the top teams like Parma and Regina. And we we're playing against the reserve teams. And we played this one team called Modena, which is like the land of the Ferrari and uh, balsamic vinegar. And our club president took us out for a big pizza lunch, like three hours before kickoff. And it wasn't like a slice of pizza. It was like, you know, like a whole pizza for each of us. And we were so toast that we were down four nothing at half. <laughs> and our coach, he was going crazy, throwing garbage cans in the change room and stuff. So that was, uh, yeah, like just to see the impact of a heavy meal like that <laughs> in terms of performance right afterwards, that definitely sticks in my mind. Absolutely. And, and, and kind of before we dig into some of what you were doing wrong and some of what you were doing right um, in, in more detail, what is, for the listeners that aren't familiar, what is an autoimmune condition in kind of layman's terms? Yeah, so the immune system is basically your body's army. It's like your defense system. And normally that army uh, fends off bad guys. But with an autoimmune condition, that army attacks you. And so you're basically, your immune system confuses your own body tissue as being a foreign invader. And so in my case, it said, hey, hair follicles, you're dangerous. We're going to attack you. In some people's cases, they have Hashimoto's, which is autoimmune thyroiditis, where the immune system attacks the thyroid. Other people, it happens to their um, the nerves. So that ends up being uh, multiple sclerosis. Uh, different, you know, uh, and so there's all sorts of this autoimmunity is is such a huge, pervasive group of disorders now. It's crazy. So, 
there's lots of them. And it's, um, it's pretty unfortunate because it's becoming more and more prevalent. And a lot of people are walking around undiagnosed in a lot of cases because they don't know what's going on. But that's essentially what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's, there's such a continuum uh, from like, you know, just starting to show a little bit of symptoms or even things that are like underneath that, that person's awareness all the way to, you know, hairs falling out. This is, this is a huge convenience, something that's really interfering with my quality of life and then everything in between. And uh, we all have different tipping points in terms of what we're willing to tolerate um, before, before we start saying, all right, I need to do something about this. Um, Absolutely. What, what were some of the things that you stopped doing that helped? Or- so what? Yeah. So I remember like the first day of going back to nutrition school and asking one of my professors who was a naturopathic doctor, I said, you know, like just out of curiosity, do you think my diets may have contributed to this? And they're like, uh, probably we see it all the time. And I'm thinking, what, like, where was, where was this information for the past decade? So as I started like over the course of a couple, uh, just like a couple of days in, in the course, um, I started to learn about things like gluten and dairy, a lot of allergenic foods and what sugar does to the body. And I was like, hold on, interesting. Maybe I should remove those foods for a while and see what happens. And that's pretty much what I did. So I, I kind of removed a lot of the allergenic foods and I was really, I gravitated towards more of a plant-based raw diet. And I did that for three months. And I was like, I felt like I was floating. Like, dude, I felt like I was like in spirit form for four or five months. It was just crazy. I'd never experienced so much energy, had mental clarity, like it was, it was ridiculous. And so I'm not a raw foodist, nor do I espouse people become a raw foodist, but I pretty much went to the extreme of saying, okay, I'm going to go as clean and pure as possible for three or four months, see what happens. And I saw the light. I was like, holy cow. I mean, that was a profound impact on the way I saw nutrition, the way I saw what's possible in terms of feeling amazing. And then over the course of time, I realized, okay, I'm not going to be a raw foodist. It's not, it's not realistic for me because I really enjoy food and going out to dinner and different restaurants. And I don't want to be a food Nazi, but let me take the best components of this and what I'm learning and understanding the power that plant foods are like there's i don't it doesn't matter what diet you follow i don't think there's a single diet that says you should be eating fewer vegetables right because they're so powerful for our health and that, those are some of the big ones so the big ones are removing the allergenic foods and then really getting a lot more plant-based foods a lot more greens alkalinity into my body and i remember i think i was listening to a tony robbins course. I think it was the, um, I don't think it was, I don't think it was the power within. It was uh, the 10 day get the edge program. Yeah. And he started talking about the power of greens and alkalinity. And I was starting to put the like, two and two together. And I was like, huh? So he's talking about this and it's a little bit, you know, on the fringe, not really supported by most medical doctors, but who are medical doctors to really give us nutrition advice. But I'm like, if Tony's got this amount of energy and he's showing like, all these amazing transformations of people who have adopted these types of principles. And I'm learning about this in school. And it seems that a lot of alternative cancer therapies, when everyone is like, has done everything, chemo, radiation, nothing works. 
they tend to go to alternative clinics, which are now talking about detoxification and alkalinity and greens. There's got to be a commonality here. This stuff has got to work. And I mean, I saw it firsthand for me very quickly. And we've been able to help over 65,000 people around the world with these same protocols, very similar protocols. And for me, I'm like, I don't even care if there's research to prove what it is we're talking about. It's, it's working in real life with no side effects. So for me, that's pretty cool. It's really cool. And you brought up something that I think is a big sticking point for a lot of people. And, and that is for them to move on a health intervention um, or even just something that, that has the capacity to improve their quality of life. A lot of people feel like they need a double blind, uh, you know, placebo controlled scientific study validating its effectiveness. Yeah. And there are a lot of things like we're going to be talking about that have asymmetric risk. Basically, they have low or no downside and very high upside. And um, if people if if people only rely on studies, which are quite expensive many of which, you know, the only people that are going to invest millions of dollars are organizations and individuals that stand to benefit from the outcome of that study. Absolutely. They're missing out on things that, you know, that are 10, 20, 30 years ahead of modern science. Oh, it's, I totally agree. And it was funny because I, I was on the Dr. Oz show a couple of years ago talking about this. And they had to run a few of our discussion points through their medical advisory board because they were like, uh, we're not too sure if we can say this stuff. I'm like, fuck. Sorry, sorry part of my language. I'm yeah. like, I don't, I don't, like it, it, I don't need to show you, like you're basically saying that I need to show you the evidence that eating more vegetables is good for your health. Well, <laughs> like here, here are the thousands and thousands and thousands of studies that are showing that, you know, and it's funny, like, I, like, it's so true. Like, as you mentioned, people become like these amazingly critical scientists when they're like, Hey, where's the proof? It's like, well, where's the proof that anything you're currently doing is working better? You know? Yeah. yeah. So it's, yeah, there's double standards all over the place for sure. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So to kind of summarize some of the things that you stopped doing, you moved your nutrition away from grains, you know, slash gluten, dairy and alcohol. And you started uh, more plant-based, raw, organic, as clean as possible. Um, anything else in there nutrition-wise? The, yeah, I mean, definitely it was a big 180 for me personally because I was eating, you know, growing up. It was, I'm like, if you put bread in front of me, it's gone. Like, I will crush that bread, no problem. Yeah. So that's, that's, my, that's my kryptonite. So I like... I knew I had to remove that stuff from my house. I knew I, at least for that time, you know, I wasn't going to be eating processed foods, like takeout foods, stuff like that. I really, I really just kind of said, you know what, this stuff isn't doing my body good. So I just really kept things clean, focused on learning how to cook good food again, uh, or maybe for the first time, instead of just making toast and grilled cheese. And it was a bit, it was, you know, it was a learning process and I really fell in love with liquid nutrition. So I was big into like juicing and making smoothies because at the time I didn't have kids. I had a bit more time on my hands and yeah, so I was kind of like really into that. And I just noticed, I'm like, wow, if I could get 
four to six servings of fruits and veg in a glass. That's pretty cool. So let me do more of this. And plus, as I was starting to kind of build my business, uh, I just got lazy. I, I didn't want to make food all the time. So I just like said, okay, during the day, I'm going to have a juice, I'm going to have a smoothie, and then at night, I'll make a dinner. And that's kind of what worked for me. And it's actually still to this day, a very similar approach to kind of how I go through my days. So, yeah. Uh, I, I love it. You, you've touched on a few aspects of certain alternative cancer therapies. Like um, the first one that comes to mind is the Gershon, Gershon protocol, um, mm-hmm. where, you know, Max, Max Gershon, German physician, was a big advocate of juicing vegetables and, um, and even coffee enemas to detoxify the liver. Um, and like you, I'm, I'm a huge fan. My girlfriend and I juice almost every day, you know, largely vegetable-based to keep, to keep our, uh, our fructose consumption in check. Um, mm-hmm. Did you ever cross the great divide into coffee enema territory? You know, I, I actually haven't. I've never done a coffee enema. Um, but I remember talking to Ben Greenfield about this and he was like a huge fan of it. So I've never tried it. So I don't really know, you know, I don't have much to say on it. Yeah. I'm usually like the way I see it. I'm like, I'd rather stuff go out than in yeah. that end. <laughs> so that's just my personal kind of approach. Mostly because I have not done, you know, the uh, insertion of an, like an enema into that area. So I don't yeah. really have much to say on that, but I've, I've heard it's extremely valuable for a lot of cleansing type detoxification stuff through the colon and for people who have some interesting stuff going on down there. Yeah. Yeah. It, have you done that? Yeah. It, it was, it was a game changer for me. I, in 2013, I was introduced to a girl who had been diagnosed with uh, stage four terminal cancer. And mm-hmm. after multiple rounds of chemotherapy and the cancer coming back, um, she took matters into her own hands, started doing the Gersh protocol. She was doing five to 10 coffee enemas a day. She was doing a juice, uh, a vegetable juice every hour on the hour, um, which is pretty much as, as intense as the, the therapy protocol recommends. And, um, she said it, it saved her life. You know, she was supposed to be dead within, within 12 months. It's now, um, almost a decade later, she has two children. She was never supposed to be able to have kids. So I was introduced to her and she started telling me her story. And I was like, I was like, wait, you didn't want, you put coffee where? <laughs> and, um, was it bulletproof? No, no, this was, so this was 2013 before, I don't know. I don't know if they even had bulletproof coffee then. Um, but, uh, I started looking into some of the science and, and, and gave it a try. And within the first two or three times I tried it, I just had this massive surge in energy and almost what I would describe as like a euphoric response. Like I just felt so light and happy and, um, it was, it was unlike anything I'd experienced from, from, from a health intervention. Um, and, and then within like two or three weeks, I'd noticed a lot of soft stuff around my midsection that I just couldn't get rid of no matter how crazy intense of a workout I did, whether it was like CrossFit or Insanity or, you know, sprints, um, it just disappeared. And I didn't change anything about my, anything else about my diet, anything else about my workouts. Um, it was like, as, as I improved liver function, 
through those coffee enemas, the fat started going away. That's pretty cool. I, I might have to try it now. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it, it's, uh, it, it's a decision every man has to make. <laughs> uh, yeah, totally. What um, you mentioned something that's a, a, another big issue for a lot of men, which is like learning how to cook good food. Um, a lot of us guys, like we don't, we don't want to spend a ton of time in the kitchen. We want to focus on growing our business or doing work or not at work, you know, enjoying our, our rest and relaxation. Um, how did you get yourself to take that step to, to invest the time and energy in learning this skill set of cooking? Yeah. So part of it was the fact that I was living with my girlfriend at the time who's not my wife. So we kind of made this stuff together, which made it more enjoyable than, if you're by yourself. Second, I didn't have kids, so I had more time to kind of do stuff. And I kind of enjoyed it. Like, I just really enjoyed going to the market, getting some, you know, some, you know, raw co- or fresh coconuts and different, different ingredients that I never really played with before. And I did that for a long period of time. And I was like, as I mentioned, like, I'm a big foodie, so I love great tasting food. So I'm like, how do I make healthy food that tastes amazing? And that was kind of my thing for a long time. So we, you know, we would make like, raw sushi which is kind of well sushi is raw but i mean like no fish type of sushi like we put um like it would be cauliflower rice with nori as a wrap and then we put like mango and cucumber inside and we have like sushi parties with our friends and like oh my god this is amazing so we had a lot of fun doing that and i think that like making food is an important skill set that humans have kind of like forgotten about because you know for for whatever reason having to go back into the wild and had to uh, make our own food. I think a lot of us would be pretty screwed. So I think it's just a good skill set, like maybe speaking a different language is a good skill set to acquire because, and probably even more important, obviously, because you know what you put in your body makes a huge impact on everything in your life. So I just felt that you know it, was, it wasn't something that I really did growing up. My dad being Moroccan was a great chef. My mom was very busy, so she didn't really cook that much. And I think um, I just wanted to explore that. But to be very honest with you, I kind of fell out of love with cooking a couple of years ago because we have three boys that are between three and six now and making food for them is not as enjoyable because A, they don't eat it as much. Um, B, you know, B, it's like at the end of the day when you're dealing with them, you don't really want to make a nice meal because the kids are screaming or doing their thing. So it's just, it's a different dynamic. And I think now, you know, we, we try to, we'll try to make our food, I would say, well, well, various meals, two to three times a week. And I think that's important because we want to get them involved in the process of making food. And, and I think that's a really important thing that I wasn't really exposed to growing up. But at the same time, I think the quality of on-demand food is rising exponentially now. So you can, you know, Uber Eats or you can have amazing organic meals delivered to your door. That is more appealing to me now because... You know, I just don't. I just don't have time nor the desire to make all my food anymore. And if someone else can do it better, whether they're making the food in my kitchen or we have to order from like a organic food delivery type of service, I'm I'm all for that. Because on those days where I don't want to make food, it's there. On the days that we do want to make food, then we can do that as well. Um, and so that's kind of just the approach that I've taken now. And I think as we move forward, you know, just from a um, a societal perspective, the on-demand stuff is 
is where it's at. I mean, I think fewer and fewer people are really wanting to invest time in the kitchen. Even if you give them a recipe, they're like, well, I got to make it now. So you're going to see a lot more. Here's the, here are the raw ingredients, make the, make the meal. Or we've already made the meal for you. Here it is, just heat it up. And I think that's just the way things are moving based on how you know, busy people are and how lazy we've become, I guess. But yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of people that can resonate with having kids and the some of the, the, the chaos that ensues and especially it, like in something as simple as making a meal, you know, you feel like you invest a lot of time and money in something and then the kids get like, oh, you know, and they don't, they, they want to eat it. Um, yeah. What does a week look like for you? Like how many, how many meals do you guys prepare uh, when you outsource that? Who do you turn to? What, what companies or how do you go about it for someone listening that's like, yeah, I want to do that. I want to do what Yuri is doing. Sure. I'd say, I'd say it's about 50-50. So we'll have, um, we'll typically make a meal that will usually give us leftovers. So we have like the, the kids lunch for the next day ready to go. And other times when we're having stuff delivered, we'll use a couple services that are uh, Canadian. One is called Good Food. I think it's goodfood.ca. They're out of Montreal. And they'll deliver the portioned raw ingredients. So it's like, here's one piece of garlic and like one pepper and two tomatoes. Exactly the, the, the quantity that you would need for the recipe. And they give you the recipe to make, which is pretty cool because you actually still make the recipe, get the kids involved. A lot of it's really, really good. And then there's other services that we use. One of them is called the Green Zebra. Really awesome. Uh, I think they're 100% vegan but they make some amazing dishes. Like this stuff is like, it's, it comes to your house ready to go. And just like blew my mind the first few times. I was like, wow, like I never would have thought of making this lentil dish or, you know, whatever it was. So we'll use it. We tend to kind of rotate because there's so many services now that we're like, Hey, we did this one last week. We'll kind of change it up this week and try something else. So we'll usually rotate between two or three of them. And that seems to work well with us. And uh, so, again, we'll just kind of make our own stuff about half the time and then use kind of the pre-done stuff half the time as well. That's, that's really cool. And something I mean, that I could see my girlfriend and I utilizing right now, she makes 100% of everything. And, and she really enjoys cooking and, and preparing healthy food for us. But there are some times like now where as, as we're searching for a home and Delray Beach, you know, that hour, hour and a half could really be utilized in uh, finding us a, a permanent location. Um, sure. Yeah. Okay, cool. So let's go back to your journey. What, what else were some things that really moved the needle for you? We've talked about what you stopped eating. We've talked about what you started eating more of. Um, where else do you see some, some big quantum leaps? Um, another big thing was, I think was sleep because I slept so much growing up. I thought, Hey, I'm just growing. I need a lot of sleep, but I realized I actually didn't. And when, when I started to really clean my body up, I was sleeping six to seven hours a night and I was getting out of bed in the morning. I'm like, well, I've got so much more time in my day now. Like, Holy cow. It was amazing. And I, I didn't really do anything differently. Sleep hygiene wise. I, I think it always been pretty good sleep hygiene, like no TV in the room. Um, you know, dark rooms, generally pretty cold. And I've always slept really well. 
And so I think that helps. Uh, but there was nothing like, I think the food made a big difference on the quality of my sleep. And that was outside of like sleep hygiene stuff. That was a big thing that really worked well. And then I started to look into just, you know, a couple of key supplements. Like I, I, I've never really been a, a hardcore, like dozens of supplement type of guy. So I looked into, and I started using things like greens powders, probiotics, fish oil. And those were kind of like my three staples for a long time. Cause I was I'm like, well, I'm not really getting probiotics for my food unless I'm eating dirt or sauerkrauts. And even then it's very, uh, you know, very specific in terms of the strands you get. So I started to use different probiotics, uh, fish oil, because I'm a huge believer in anti-inflammation and omega-3s. And at the time, turmeric, curcumin wasn't really that big as it is now. So now I use a lot more of that. Um, and then greens powders because I'm like, I'm just going to green the crap out of my body. And I just felt so good. So that was kind of, yeah, it wasn't too crazy. It was just like those minimal supplements in addition to eating more plant-based foods. And as I started to get out of raw foods, I started to incorporate, you know, more clean animal products back in. But without being fanatical about it, like I wasn't like, I wasn't the guy that was like, I, I can only, eat, you know, pasture-raised, grass-finished beef. Like I've never really been that guy. Mm -hmm. Although I see the merit in that, mm -hmm. I think just out of laziness, I'm like, I'm not going to go to this butcher on the other side of town to get this type of meat. Now I think it's more accessible. Um, and I think if financially at the time, I really wasn't even kind of there to think about that stuff. So I was just like, hey, let's just, you know, add in some meat, some fish, whenever, whenever we feel like we want to. And yeah, it all worked kind of well. And the thing I tell people is like, you just got to experiment with stuff. And understand that your body is going to evolve over time. And what worked for you 10 years ago might be different than now. And that's kind of the way I've lived. It's like, I was at a point where raw vegan was great for me for, you know, half a year. I took my lessons out of that. I kind of took some stuff with me. And then I kind of moved into being a bit more liberal and moving more to paleo-ish, but not, you know, crazy paleo. Um, and I tell people like, listen, like you just have to do the same. You got to experiment, figure out what works for you and just kind of go with that. Because if you're going to stress out about everything you're eating, you know, what's the point? Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, I mean, we're, we're living in a modern world where we're all dealing with multiple sources of chronic stress and we're trying to reduce that. You know, maybe, maybe we need some more acute stress, like the right type of exercise or getting in, you know, taking a cold or something of that nature, but if trying to integrate more healthy choices into your life is just stressing you the fuck out, um, maybe there's maybe there's a better way. Mm -hmm. Yep, absolutely. I think I so I, I've I've written three books on diet and nutrition, and I'm done. If I were ever to write another thing on nutrition, it would be called the the belief or the happiness diet which is essentially if you believe what you're eating is good for you, it will be good for you. If you're going to stress out about it, it's going to do more harm than good. And that's the end. Like one page, that's it. <laughs> yeah. It, 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 there's, there's so much truth there. One of the, you know, I've mentioned uh, Catalina, who's the girl that had um, terminal cancer and, and overcame it. One of the things that, she, that became a part of her practice, which, um, which I know, you know, many listeners will find as woo and you know even i even find it outside of my capacity to understand exactly how it's working but she said she started preparing all of her own meals and as she would cook the food 
she would she would actually send love into the food and think about setting an intention for that meal um, and how she wanted that food to impact her health and vitality, how it was going to make her feel and how it was going to nourish her body. And she would have that moment of, of conscious intention setting and uh, before every meal. And she said, it, she, she goes, I feel like that really had a big impact. Yeah, I, t- I totally agree with that. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, Yuri, which, what, out of everything you tried, supplement-wise, you know, the, the various plant pigments and, and fish oils, probiotics, what did you find to be the most beneficial? Well, so it's, t- it's tough to tell with supplements. Like probiotics, I've never really known noticed that they've done anything like physically like i'm like oh my god my stomach feels so much better like i've never noticed that mm-hmm. fish oil same thing like it's like i've never noticed okay i've done fish oil no fish oil what's the difference like zero difference and i think there's a lot of supplements that fall into that category where it's like blind faith it's like i know this is good for me so i'm just gonna assume it and do its thing other than doing like you know hardcore blood tests and you know, getting inflammatory markers and stuff like that. Uh, so, I mean, the one thing that made, I would say the biggest difference was the greens powder because I realized that was something that I, I realized that the more greens I drank, the better I felt. And that was something that was like, I never understood for me, like coffee has always been one of those things where I enjoy a good cup of coffee. Like I, I just like the taste, but I never understood how people can wake up and be like, oh my God, I, I can't start my day without coffee. I'm like, that's, that's a false, that's a, that statement is, is just bonkers. Like, how do you, how can you say that? You know, so I, I quickly realized that like caffeine, like what it does in terms of energy levels and, you know, the up and down roller coaster and all that kind of stuff. I never wanted to feel that because I had never was really into caffeine until I was playing soccer in, in Europe and then a teammate of mine introduced me to, you know, coffee. And I was like, oh, my God. So occasionally I would have one and I just felt terrible because of what it did and because of the fact that I wasn't really acclimated to it. But then I compared how I felt even like the high of an hour after caffeine. I compared that to the sustained long-lasting energy that I would have by getting more greens into my body. And there was no comparison. I'm like, you guys who are like addicted to coffee, you have no idea how much better you can feel without it and just replace the coffee with a green juice or a greens powder and water. And that was the biggest thing for me was just like this sustained, clean burning, like focused energy all day long with no ups and downs. And the other thing too is that it actually curbs cravings. And there's been some really interesting research on green plant pigments and how they've been shown in, in, a, in a number of articles, one in the journal Appetite, to decrease cravings for sugar, decrease cravings for chocolate. And, you know, for those people who want to kind of get a better handle on their diets, lose weight, I like to consider it like the gateway drug to better eating because you get more greens in, you feel better, you have fewer urges for the bad stuff. And then you naturally want to do better things because you're giving your body good stuff and you're feeling good. So you're like, hey, I want to kind of build on this. And it's just a really cool gateway, quote unquote, drug to better health compared to coffee. And so I've been really proud of the fact that, 
again, I have nothing against coffee. If you're going to drink coffee, I'd switch to Swiss butter decaf. Um, but you know, if it's, if you think you have to have caffeine to feel good and energized, like you've no idea what you're missing. And that was the big thing that I realized drinking a lot of greens. For someone who enjoys coffee and is listening and they're, they're open to what you're saying, but they're asking, why is coffee bad for me? Mm-hmm. Why is caffeine maybe not the best thing for energy? What would you tell us? So think about this. So caffeine is to energy like credit cards are to your financial wealth. So that's like going to the store and putting $5,000 on your visa and thinking you're wealthy because you just bought something for $5,000 on your credit card, which you will eventually pay back with interest. And that's the same thing with caffeine. Caffeine is like, okay, I'm going to drink five espressos because I need to be alert. And you're alert for a while, and then your body crashes, and then you're paying the price in dividends. So caffeine, the reason it's dangerous is that it's a stimulant. And like with any stimulant, very much like sugar, it's going to do two things uh, physiologically. Well, there's a bunch of things, but two big ones are, A, it's going to prompt your adrenal glands to pump out adrenaline and cortisol, which are your stress hormones. And that's why you feel alert and ready to take on the world because it's like the fight or flight response, right? That's the way our body is built. And so when you have those stimulants coming in, the adrenals handle those as you know, kind of short-term stressors and it prepares the body to run or fight. So that's why we feel that high. But the problem with that is like with any stress, if that's done consistently, eventually your adrenals can wear down. The second thing that it does is that very much like eating a high sugar meal, caffeine, because of what it does at the adrenal level, because of the fact that it prompts a huge surge in adrenaline, adrenaline prompts your fat cells to not only break down some stored fat, which is, you know, in some cases decent from a fat burning perspective, but again, negligible, but it also breaks down stored carbohydrates. Basically what adrenaline is going to do is it's going to say, we need to fight or run. So we need to mobilize stored energy for immediate access. So it breaks down glycogen into glucose, which is then entered into the bloodstream. It increases your blood sugar levels. And that's a problem because now blood sugar is high. So now a couple of things might happen. A, you're going to feel really good for a second. And then your body's going to secrete insulin, which is the hormone that's like, hold on. There's too much sugar in the blood. Let's take it out, bring it back to normal. Insulin is a storage hormone. So that's not the best thing because we don't want to be storing sugar all the time. And the fact that you had a huge amount of sugar is going to mean you have a huge surge in insulin. Insulin is going to plummet all that blood sugar down. So then you're going to like have this crash into like a zombie. And then you're going to feel crummy. So you're like, oh my God, I want to feel better again. So you reach for that next coffee or that next sugar rush or that sugar boost to bring your blood sugar back up, but then you repeat the cycle again. Insulin comes out, you go hyperglycemic, you go hypoglycemic after all the insulin, takes the sugar out, you feel like a zombie again, and you go back up, you're looking for caffeine or sugar again, and it's just this up and down roller coaster. And that's how a lot of people live their lives. I mean, they start their day going to Starbucks, they get a coffee and a muffin, boom, right there. Caffeine, quick digesting carbohydrates, both of them are gonna boost your blood sugar, and that's the, the worst way to possibly start your day. And yeah, so that's why I'm not a huge fan of sugar or caffeine. 
It makes sense. I, that's, that's a great explanation. Um, the, the more we apply biohacking and what, what I would consider to be the leading edge of, um, of, of the scientific literature, the more we're seeing that health, fat loss, uh, just overall energy levels, it really comes down to how well are our cells working, specifically like the power plants of our cell, the, the mitochondria. And um, there was a really cool study that, that came out in 2015. Um, and it was in the Journal of Cell Science. And it was light harvesting chlorophyll pigments enable mammalian mitochondria to capture photonic energy and produce ATP. And like what, you know, for, for listeners that want that in plain English, it's basically saying that our cells function a lot like plant cells. And when we eat green things, it helps us to make more energy from the oxygen and food we, we were eating anyway. Yep. And it kind of ties into what you were finding with you started upping your greens and the more greens you put into your body, the more you found your energy going up and up and up. Yeah, totally. And the more I started to realize this, the more I started to research this stuff. And like you just mentioned, the thing, I, I think most people understand, okay, if I want to have better health, I can eat better quality foods, but where do foods ultimately come from? Like where, like, what does a food do? Like what a food does is it gives you like a biochemical, like burst of energy that is in some cases separate from the nutrients that it provides. Mm -hmm. And if we go back to the ultimate source of all energy of all of, of, of everything on this planet, it's the sun. Without the sun, nothing exists. So what happens is the sun is the ultimate source of energy. And what plants do is they say, cool, we have this, uh, this pigment called chlorophyll, and it's kind of like a catcher's mitt that's going to take in this fastball pitch of sunlight, and it's going to convert it through a process called photosynthesis into something called carbohydrates. And then animals eat carbohydrates. That's you know, have for the most part, unless they're um, carnivores. Um, but ultimately, all animals at some level are eating another animal that's eating these plants. And then that bioaccumulates into the animal. We eat the animal or we go direct to the source to eat the plants. Now, the cool thing you mentioned is that hemoglobin, which is the, um, the, carrier, the carrier molecule molecule for oxygen, inside our red blood cells in our bloodstream has the exact same molecular structure as um, chlorophyll. Exactly the same. The only difference is that hemoglobin has an iron core and chlorophyll has a magnesium core. And if you guys want to check this out, just do a Google search. Hemoglobin versus chlorophyll molecule, it's exactly the same. And why this is cool is that when you drink more greens and get more chlorophyll into your body, it's like putting on a perfect fitting glove. It's like a, a direct infusion of the ultimate source of energy of the universe, which is the sun. And I know this is getting a little bit out there, but I studies have shown it's, that chlorophyll... I think it's more spot on than a lot of what is out there. <laughs> yeah, it's true. And I, like, this is where things are going. Like in 50 years, this is going to be the discussion. It's totally. going to be like, you know, subatomic, like what I believe is the stuff you can't see is more powerful than stuff than the stuff you can see. 
And that's where things are going is really like this energetic level of food and intention and all this kind of stuff. Um, but it's amazing. Like, like studies have shown that chlorophyll has been very beneficial for people with anemia who have like red blood cells that can't carry oxygen. And then they do uh, supplementation with chlorophyll. All of a sudden, their blood is able to carry oxygen more effortlessly now. Chlorophyll has also been shown in numerous studies to help with body odor, which is a nice side effect. But it's also been shown to reduce free radical damage from all sorts of different sources, be it rancid oils and food or x-rays or solar energy. Um, it's also been shown to uh, basically prevent or minimize the damage that our DNA is subjected to as a result of these free radicals. It's a chelator for heavy metals, like, you know, different things that can compromise our, our, homo, our hormone and endocrine function. It's absolutely phenomenal. And here's the cool thing that I like to think about is when you look at the planet from space, there's two main colors that we see, green and blue. And if we look at the human body as the two things that really help us thrive, water and greens. And that's just an observation I've made, and I don't know if there's any validity to that, but it's interesting that when we give ourselves those two nutrients, more water, more greens, it's like, it's a micro, you know, at a macro level, like we see the whole planet as being this amazing green and blue, you know, sphere, and our body is just a small representation of that. So I think when you can really infuse yourself with more of this awesome stuff, like your health, just it's, I've not really found someone who hasn't felt better by doing this, you know, it's, it's phenomenal. So many levels from energy to weight loss, to better skin to preventing disease to all sorts of stuff. It's crazy. I, I agree. The only, the only times where um, I, I've had somebody kind of, you know, one step back for two steps forward is if they try to ramp up their dosage of chlorophyll too fast and they, mm -hmm. they get almost like a detoxification effect. Sure. Yep. Um, Yuri, I'm a huge fan of your energy greens. They're delicious. They're all organic. Um, is that is that your go-to source? Use that in combination with something else. How are you getting your chlorophyll? Yeah. So I basically have a con so I realized, like with making my own food all the time, I got really tired of juicing because it was taking me like an hour a day to make all this juice, and I was like, you know what? There's going to be a better option. <clears throat> so like with many cities in North America, Toronto has some amazing delivered to your door, fresh press green juice. And so we'll order those throughout the week. And so we'll typically have like one to two a day. Um, in addition to that, I'm trying to add in greens to most of the stuff I eat. So regardless of what I have, I try to have a salad on the side or some type of steamed green. So steamed kale, steamed spinach, steamed broccoli. And then... At the minimum, what I, I call this the 30-second detox or the 30-second energy fix, which is starting my day first thing with a glass of water with a scoop of my energy greens because, A, it's giving me a huge surge of chlorophyll and some amazing superfoods that I don't get access to when I'm even the healthiest foods. I'm not eating spirulina and chlorella in my salads uh, and, and things like that. And so I like to start my day with that because it just kind of starts things on the right foot. So no matter where the day goes, at least I've started that. It's, it takes me 30 seconds to add a scoop of greens into my water, mix it up, 
and it tastes amazing. And the reason I developed it was because I just found there was a bit of a gap in the market. A lot of greens powders are either, you know, substandard quality in terms of how they process their ingredients or it tastes terrible. And we wanted to create something that, A, my kids would love, that I would love, that our customers would love in terms of the taste, but also that uses a very, very high standard of ingredients and a higher quality grass juice powder as opposed to just the glass powder, which is the cheaper alternative. Um, basically, what that means is we juice the ingredients before turning them into a powder. So what that means is it eliminates a lot of the fiber that holds and locks a lot of the nutrients, very similar to juicing, where you just get the, the nutrients like an IV directly into your system. That's pretty much what we use with our greens as opposed to just pulverizing the greens and having all this fiber and stuff that doesn't mix well and it's like all gritty. And so we're, we're really pumped about that. So that's, the, that's a staple in my day. I use it once in the morning, usually once mid-afternoon, and it's, it's phenomenal. So one scoop in the morning, one scoop mid-afternoon uh, of the energy greens, that's kind of your standard dosage? Yep. And I tell people, I'm like, when your energy weans, drink your greens. So if it's like early in the morning, you need an energy pick-me-up instead of coffee, go with the greens. If you need that kind of mid-afternoon pick-me-up, go with the greens as well. And you'll just be like, boom, I'm good for the rest of the day. Do you, do you up that dosage at all if you feel a cold coming in? Are there any circumstances where you find it beneficial to, uh, to go higher than two scoops a day? Yeah, I mean, you can go as much as you want. There's really no side effects. I mean, like there's no contraindicated superfoods. So we basically use everything's organic, raw, certified organic, USD, all that good stuff. Um, so we have chlorella, spirulina, barley grass, alfalfa juice, powder, um, maca, goji berry, cinnamon, and vanilla. There's no sweeteners. The, the reason it tastes so good is because of the way we use goji berry, cinnamon, and vanilla in there to really amplify a beautiful flavor so that it doesn't taste like pond water or fresh cut lawn. So there's really no contraindications unless you have a food sensitivity to any of those ingredients for anyone to do, you know, more than two scoops a day. But yeah, so if you felt like a cold coming on, um, if you're traveling, I'm a huge fan of kind of upping the dose when you're traveling because Typically, we don't get as much quality nutrition when we're on the go. And yeah, so that's uh, some of the recommendations I'd make. Very cool. Very cool. And people, people can try that out at yurielkane.com forward slash bio. That's, that's Y-U-R-I-E-L-K-A-I-N.com forward slash biohacks, B-I-O-H-A-C-K-S. And uh, what, what type of offers do you have there for, for folks listening? Yeah, so you can grab, uh, we got a couple offers. So basically, we have one jar, which you can pay at, I believe it's like $69. It works out to be like still less than like the tall bold at Starbucks every single day. Um, if you grab three jars, you're going to save 13%. If you grab six jars, you get 20% off. Plus, we're going to be sending you a cool full-color cookbook called the All Day Energy Diet Community Cookbook, which is kind of the back-end cookbook to my New York Times best-selling book, The All Day Energy Diet. And that's just kind of a cool free gift that we give you for grabbing six jars. Um, the other thing that's very different with ours too compared to other companies, other greens powders, is that we're one of the only that I'm aware of that give you a full one-year taste-it-or-love-it guarantee. So if you don't like it, let us know. Just send it back. We'll refund your money. But we also give you a full year. So most companies will give you 30, maybe 60 days. 
we believe so much in this that we'll let you try it out for a year. And if you're not feeling better, if you don't like the taste, just let us know and you'll get your money back. That's how much we believe in it. That's how much our customers believe in it. So it's, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a pretty awesome product. That, that's really cool. So um, six jars, 20% off, and you get the badass cookbook. That's yurielkane.com forward slash biohacks. Yuri, this, is, this has been a lot of fun. Uh, and you shared some, some really cool stuff. Where can people, people that want to keep up with your stuff, um, upcoming products, and see what else you have to offer, what's the best place for you to do that? Yeah, uh, so I'll give you two, well, three places. So uh, our blog at yourrealkim.com is, uh, is a big hub for us where we publish content on a, a very regular basis. And we've got recipes, workout ideas, you know, nutrition tips, really good stuff. And then um, I've also recommitted to blowing up my YouTube channel because I love creating videos. We've got like 170,000 subscribers, 27 million views. And I'm like, we should probably do more videos. So, so I'm, pu I'm putting out three times a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday on YouTube, new videos to help you guys live a healthier, fitter, more prosperous life. And then obviously on Facebook as well, you can find me there. And those are the three spots. So on YouTube, just type in the URL came, you'll find my videos. And uh, yeah, it's, I've got like 900 videos. So you can go through everything that I know and you'll find it on YouTube. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, I mean, I remember, I remember a decade ago when I was kind of working through a lot of this stuff, watching some of your videos and, uh, and, and, and being a fan of, of what you were sharing back then. So cool. it's cool for us That's to be awesome, hanging man. out and, and having a fun conversation now, sharing this with uh, yeah. an even bigger audience. I appreciate you. Thank you. Yeah, yeah thank you. I definitely feel the same way. <laughs> All right, brother. Well, that, uh, that wraps it up. Yurielkane.com for recipes and workouts. He's going to be posting every Monday, Wednesday, Friday to his YouTube channel that has over 175,000 subscribers. And then you can find him on Facebook at yurielkane.com. Grab the greens at yurielkane.com forward slash biohacks. Yuri, I appreciate you hanging out, man. This has been amazing. And I uh, look forward to doing it again soon. Yeah, thanks so much, buddy. It's been fun. This episode is brought to you by IV Me Wellness and Performance Center in Chicago, my go-to resource for a number of biohacks, including the UVLRX intravenous light therapy machine and the Myers cocktail intravenous vitamins. The UVLRX delivers multiple wavelengths of light directly into the bloodstream and has been shown to increase oxygen deliverability, clean pathogens in the blood like viruses, bacteria, molds, fungi, and parasites, and much, much more. The end result is you feel more alert, you have decreased inflammation, more energy, and a number of other benefits, and that is why it is being used by everyone from clients dealing with Lyme's disease to professional athletes on the Chicago Cubs, Blackhawks, Bears, Bulls, so on and so forth. The Myers cocktail delivers vitamins like vitamin C, vitamin B12, vitamin B6, magnesium, and a few others directly into the bloodstream, which bypasses some of the absorption issues that can occur in gut dysbiosis when there is compromised digestion in an individual. And on top of that, it has been shown to optimize nutrient status, increase energy, improve oxygen utilization again, and a number of other desired effects. My clients and I have experienced some powerful phase shifts by combining these two biohacks along with a few others, and Ivy Me is the place where we do it. So if you're in Chicago and you're looking to check out the UVLRX, the Myers Cocktail, or any of their other intravenous therapy options, check out Ivy Me on Wells in 
Chicago. 